It's fine. I'm just mostly excited about smoking habit to, that I'm going to start. Tonight. Yeah, man. Totally. Do you guys smoke? Yes. He does. Okay. Then yeah. we're, Easy. We're, I got the I'm trying to get him off. Yeah. She vapes and I'm like, you look, guys. You're I'm going to do it all. Come on. I'm, actually, I'm going to start with a patch. Start, start with a patch. Yeah. Work in reverse. Yeah. 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 That's okay. the way to do it. Dude, Brian Teasley, thank you for coming to hang with us on our little yeah, podcast. Definitely. Thank you for having going. me. I'm glad I finally know where you guys live so I can yeah, well, yeah. Everybody who's ever been a guest on here knows exactly where I live now. Well, so. I, I've been honestly, I've been a fan for so long, and I, but I've also had a love hate relationship with you guys, and I want to roll your yard, egg the house. Okay. So now I know where to go. Okay. All right. Well, if so, that happens, then we'll know who did it. But uh, well, we'll see him on camera. So oh, you got you true. got cameras oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, we got security. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to pay some guys to do it then. Okay. Fair enough. But dude, man, uh, what does it feel like to have uh, just right out of the gate to be on your show? To be on this our monumentous show. moment that yes, it, yes. actually it's funny because I feel bad um, um, because I was it was like searching in my email for another podcast thing. I think I, I was told telling you this. In that story, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then an email came up from you guys like from a year ago or so, and I, I was it wasn't like, a year ago. It was just from June. Oh, June, or yeah, wherever, yeah. whenever it was. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I missed this somehow. So. You're too Well, big. I figured you on tour. You're, you're busy and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't think anything about it because I just, like, I've been asked, like, how I reach out to people, usually on social media, just, like, right. rando messaging, like, hey, would you want to come talk with you're us? like, heavy ultra. What the hell what is the that? What the hell is that? So. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know about this band called Heavy Ultra playing at the club. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are they named after, like, a genre? Because so. it's awesome. Yeah. It's sick. <laughs> Best name ever. Um, Yeah, so I'm glad I finally got to meet up with you guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. And um, you have arguably the coolest venue in town. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. What's that feel like to have such a, you we'll, know, we'll get such you a, a cool place, man? Saturn has just been such a... And we'll get into the history of everything and stuff, but just um, man, such a rad place! Like it's a, it's a cool place to hang out, even when you're not going to see a band, just to come and hang out, you know, in the whole front cafe type area and stuff. yeah, play I video mean, games and stuff. So sick. I mean, I don't, you know, cool and best and all that are sort of. Oh, you're being modest. Come on. No, man. no, no, no. I mean, it's just it, it, you know, there's different levels of what kind of experience you want. Also, you know, just depending on just the capacity of a venue or like, you know, like, is it is going to be as intimate and cool as like a awesome house party? No. Is it going to be the same feeling you get at a big amphitheater show? But, you know, it's it's what I wanted to do. Um, and it's kind of where my brain was when I started it. So, you know, yeah, I like it. But, I'm, you know, the whole thing with with the club has been, you know, I don't really think about what other people are doing because it's hard enough to do what we do. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard enough to compete against ourselves, much less like thinking what other people are doing. And Birmingham has this great sort of natural, I don't want to call it a hierarchy, but this kind of echelons of like, there's not a lot of people in each other's way, you know, like, you have okay. you have like you have like the firehouse, some cool house party shows. You have the Nick, which is small and has a very distinct vibe and crazy history. You have uh, like yeah. 
You have like Zydeco. You have um, you have Iron City, which is like twelve, the thirteen hundred cap maybe. Sure. Yeah. And big. then um, and the, we're like at the five twenty five, and then you have places to see really big shows. So I think it's not like anybody's in our way. It's not like if you if we were in Atlanta, there'd be. 10 other places our size and we'd all be bidding on shows against each other so yeah it kind of works out nice here it keeps everything really friendly that's cool yeah and and being in a city like birmingham versus say a bigger city like atlanta i guess has its upside you know um just not having like the huge mega city feel but still not feeling like super small either yeah you know what i mean i don't know if, what i'm trying to say but it just seems like it's just a good fit the type of venue that you guys have right well where i kind of drew the line i was i was you know i came up with punk rock and was kind of always dude you know, i was jamming out to uh man or astro man today dude Let's, i'm so sorry have you ever <laughs> uh i was gonna has has your music ever been compared to uh like surf rock in space Am I the first one to point that? Or you were that's probably the hundredth person def, to say def, that. Definitely not the first, but <laughs> I thank you for the pennies that I probably made off you listening to it. So, <laughs> it's good music, man. No, thank it's you, awesome, thank you, thank it's you. Right up my alley. Like I love no, like, I, like I, surfy vibe type guitar. No, I genu- genuinely appreciate it. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is, I think you know, getting back to the idea of like what we do and how we do it, it's just. Everybody kind of chooses what they do and kind of occupies their own space here. Um, like, you know, I got this compliment year one at Saturn when we started that was really annoying to me. Uh-oh. And I know that sounds like a contradiction in terms. Like, why would you be annoyed with a compliment? But people would come in, and I'm so thankful that people thought this, but they would come in and they would say, gosh, it feels like I'm in New York or San Francisco or somewhere. It doesn't feel like I'm in Birmingham. And I was like, you know, that's bullshit. Why can't Birmingham have, you know, something that you think is cool? Not that there hasn't been a million cool things here, but it was a really weird compliment to get because I was like, every, like, there's a lot of awesome stuff here. Why would just you to th- compare us to another? Yeah. Why, big why city. would you, why yeah. would you think it has to be in some Chicago or somewhere to have yeah. this place? So, um, I mean, I appreciate the, you know, what was behind that compliment, but it's also like Birmingham can be cool. Like, yeah. you know, everybody fights really hard here to make it cool. And it's not really like, you know, Birmingham's still at the size, even as much as progress that, you know, you, you lose a missing piece of the infrastructure. I mean, if you, you lose a piece of the infrastructure and it goes missing, then it's not necessarily a hundred percent that somebody's going to replace it. You know, if the you know if the firehouse goes away, will somebody fill that void? Maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, Ooh, like like like, or there may be a gap for a year and a half or something like that. Yeah. So it's still a place where I think fighting the good fight, as corny as that sounds, like really matters. You know, because so I think some of um, some of the places, like some of the people that you guys have interviewed on the podcast you know are as much a cultural imperative as they are a business you know like it's like i like having cool places to when friends come out of town to take people to definitely yeah and um shout out to some of the other podcasts that you were on that i was listening to um you kind of you kind of spoke to (laughs) just the fact that like especially during covid there's a lot of businesses that were really struggling and stuff and so you kind of have to pick and choose where you're going to spend your money and 
the places you're going to try and support. And uh, you kind of alluded to some places that you maybe not, you don't get to visit as much as you want to, but you would be devastated if they went out of business. Right. You know what I mean? So and they just had that, you know, there's places all over the city that I've probably only been to once, but I would be so heartbroken if it left because it's just like another cool piece of the puzzle yeah. that makes Birmingham what it is, even if I'm not like a frequent patron there. You right. Know, I'm still proud to have them. Yeah. Whatever business that may be. My anemic, weak, lame excuse is I'm always at Saturn or I'm always like, at, <laughs> like working. my life is always around people, but it's not a, a proper excuse. I need to go to more places and just support other places more than I do. But, you know, I hate to say it, it's so cliched in a way, but, you know, when you're around a bar and loud music six, seven nights a week, you're like, eh, what do I want to do tonight? I want to, like... I'll go to the park. Like, yeah, yeah. Or I'll I go to the zoo. <laughs> I want to read five pages of a book and fall asleep. Meditate you know? today. Like, yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, there are so many great places here. And, you know, it's you know, what, when we were doing Bottle Tree, it's something that we had there, too, where, you know, it was funny to me in a lot of ways because that place is so missed in so many ways, but there's also the feeling like, where were you guys? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it like a band of horses or say um, beach house or somebody's playing a course. Those are people remember that, but it's like, where were you for wolf eyes for seven people? There? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's this whole debate that I've seen come up before about, um, places like, well, you know, if a business doesn't survive, then they're not running a good business or somebody's not, you know, doing things properly. Well, that's kind of true, but you also kind of vote with, because of the system that we live in, you kind of vote with your money on what you want to keep around and hang around. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, I may be overthinking it a bit, but, you know, yeah, there's so many places I would be super sad if they went yeah oh definitely um totally know what you mean yeah uh going back to kind of the beginning of saturn I, we were looking at your uh instagram and and uh it says you guys are celebrating seven years seven years being man. around yeah. and i know there's been a lot of ups and downs you know uh obviously the pandemic which we talked about extensively and then you Wait, guys, what's what's Oh, this is like this little this little global pandemic thing that kind of shut down everyone's lives for about mm -hmm. maybe uh, maybe slipped through that it? doesn't uh, ring a bell yeah. not 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 lucky. doesn't register well, lucky, lucky for you you yeah. you, you spared yeah. yourself two years of misery yeah. um, but like you've had uh, uh, like car chases plow through your patio mm -hmm. and you've had uh, fires in the upstairs okay, I didn't know about that yeah man just like all these major things. ghost been haunted oh you've been haunted you oh you didn't there. tell me about that yeah they're jamming out man this is really uh. There's a really kind of spooky video I'll have to show you later. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. the spooky videos, man, uh, I think you posted uh, maybe on Saturn's uh, social media or something. It was the video of the sprinkler system that kicked on during oh, the right. fire. And I was just like so heartbroken looking at that, like looking at all the stuff that I can imagine got lost during that major flood. Well, when we had the fire, uh, there was we, – we'd had a – dishwasher that we inherited that's part of the band department that had been recalled and we didn't know what it sparked and just internally was yeah. it running or was it just sitting there idle yep 
Oh what? God. And just there was an issue with the electrical system or just something. Just spontaneously like. combusted. And I, I looked it up after that. And it's like it had been recalled like six years before this. Oh, and it was man. a nice dishwasher. It was like a Bosch dishwasher. I was like, oh, sure. Way, yeah. It might kill you. But yeah, it's, it's like yeah. way nicer than the one the I have at my down. house. And um, so I think Daniel, Fer- if I'm getting it right, I think Daniel Ferris, one of our our head sound guy, was maybe at Post Office Pies, and he says, hey, there's there's like smoke coming out of Saturn. And then immediately I got the the fire alarm station from the, the fire what company. What time of day did it happen? It was, you know, luckily when we've had a car run through the patio or a car chase through the patio or when we've had this, it's been on Sunday. Both have been on Sunday nights when nobody was there. So okay. thank goodness for that. You have 300 people in the venue. Oh, the building's on fire. <laughs> but I, I learned something quickly. And, well, I went down there because I live half a block away, and I ran down there, and I grabbed fire extinguisher off the um, the behind the coffee shop area. And I ran upstairs, and I'm like, God damn it. Like This is like titanic captain i'm going to go down with a ship i'm not this is like oh a life gosh. that i've built and i have so many people that depend on me i'm gonna go up and see what's you're looking going at on. the flames you're just psyching yourself up like, so here we go here we go how do it's i all work? on me how do yeah. i work it's all this on damn me. thing <laughs> so i go up the stairs to get where the the band department is and then there's there's like a pool table about halfway through the room from where the door you can't come in at the top of the stairs and i see this fire that's kind of engulfing the kitchen and then I looked back to where it came from, and then I realized I don't exactly know where it came from because the smoke. Was oh, really? Just it was going, that fast? Sn- smoke was going that fast, and then the sprinklers went off, and so it's like rain, smoke, and I've got a fire extinguisher. And I was like, "Yeah, that whole Titanic thing is like <laughs> I don't think it's you know." So I I, I got out of there after that. Um, yeah, that's and, and, of you, and you it, well, you you also realize that. You know, it's, everybody says this is the smoke inhalation is what's get yeah what oh yeah because then I was starting to cough and I was like eh, I don't know because you just get lost in there and yeah die of like just really bad. I found in that moment I had a little more survival instinct than I thought yeah you're supposed to like drop down low right crawl under the smoke yeah Stop did we learn that in like no. elementary school or something I didn't learn shit I, 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 I was trying to put a, a fire in the middle of a fire I'm without save any, my building yeah well uh, going back before the building almost burned down on you how did you how did all this get started um well obviously i feel like we could i've got so many fond memories of bottle tree and and just that was such a rad place for as small as it was it wasn't a huge venue but you guys did something really unique there that was just so cool and all the bands that i got to see there in college and stuff it was just so awesome and so i'm fangirling out on bottle tree and and actually getting to sit down talking but man it was just such a rad venue um so how did that lead into I was uh, heartbroken when it when it finally mm-hmm. did close um, but then I was excited and reinvigorated when I heard about this new venue that was going to be opening up in Avondale called Saturn and Satellite. Sure. Um, sure. So how did that come about? Like the the transition the transition the, to the, the right. new venue. Well, I'll go back and just uh, rewind a hair more. Sure. Um is um or how did Bottle Tree come yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's sure. what I was going to say. It's like I'd played in bands for a long time and toured a lot and lived in different cities. Was gone from Birmingham for about I don't know fifteen years and never thought I'd come back. Astro, uh, time or played with different bands? Yeah, different bands. Okay. I was, and then like kind of in the late nineties, early two thousands, kind of a 
what you would call a hired gun, just playing with different bands, going on tours and stuff. But um, which has its ups and downs, you know. But it's gotta be fun, man. It's fun kind of depending on who you're band. working with. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, it was generally fun. I like numbing my brain by traveling every single day of my life. Um, yeah, man. The but you know, uh, Marilee Chalice and I were both uh, a couple at the time, and we were kind of just like, why isn't there a vegetarian restaurant? Why is there this and that and like all these little niche things that were kind of things that we liked, and then. Um, and they're like, why don't we just do a place and maybe 30 people will come out to it or whatever. And so it was kind of like I got tired of complaining about what I thought was missing in Birmingham. And there's been so much cool stuff. I just the particular thing that I wanted to do wasn't here. And so I think it was just cool timing at that place. A, a lot of people that it was kind of like their punk rock romper room where they kind of grew up and, you know, it, it, it had a lot of energy. It was the right time for the city, I think. And, and yeah. you know, I think it's a, I think it's a special place. Oh, it's like somebody told me about a year ago. They were like, ah, "It's really amazing that I saw like whoever, whoever played the TV on the radio or Animal Collective." And the, they're like, uh, "Oh, like huge!" They're That's like, crazy. Yeah, "That's they're crazy!" Like, yeah, man. You know, I can't believe I saw Vampire Weekend in the soda fountain section of Rodney Scott's. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. So, you know, it was it, it was a fun place, but the other side of it, you know, we, we did it like on a, you know, three nickels and a hobo shoestring and a prayer, you know, to get it together. We did, weren't really. What was uh, it before it became Bottle Tree? It it had been like an antique shop called Zaza, and then it had been a, um, a gay bar called uh, uh, Misconceptions, and then been a garage at one point, a lot of other things. So. The, um, but you know, know. yeah, yeah. It kind of had a storied history of sorts, but running it was like every day running that place was really hard. I'm not trying to be like, whoa, is us, but it was always difficult because there wasn't any padding with money. There wasn't even like, I've said this before, but you know how the, the, um, peanuts kids, put on the Christmas play, you know, like, and they have the dinky tree sure, and all yeah. that class. So they, they're like kind of, and it's the whole thing with penis. They're kind of portraying adults, but they're kids who think they're acting in a, you know, proper manner. That's kind of how we were. It was like a clubhouse that we were figuring it out as we go. You know, how big was the team? Uh, started it. You know, it was how many people does it take to start a venue like Bottle Tree? One real <laughs> one person, one dumb one. No, it was um, Marilee, myself, her brother, Tom Bagby was really uh, there early on. We had a lot of uh, great friends that kind of helped out that weren't even ever really just working to, there. Daniel, just be part of Daniel it, yeah. Ferris, who I mentioned before, was really big early on. So yeah, I mean, it just takes a few completely delusional people to start a music venue but maintaining is what's difficult but what was difficult was people didn't see the side of you know there being bands playing and in between the switch over i'm like literally taking down home depot buckets of water where the rain has spilled on somebody's guitar pedals and dumping it out oh gosh yeah like we had a we had a residential 
like HVAC unit in there. So it was, it was like 105 degrees in the summer <laughs> and then 25 degrees in the winter. What was the so, max capacity of that place? Well, do you remember? We mostly sold it to 225. Okay. The, it the, wasn't huge. The legal but... capacity was like 17. 17. <laughs> but the, um, but one time, we is is an early lesson that I learned. We we actually did a band of horses show, and we kind of oversold it, and then we had a big like house guest list where we weren't really keeping control of that. So we sold it to two fifty, and then I think there was house guest list about thirty people, so it's two eighty. Then the band had in their contract where they could do uh, forty, and that was like part of their you know they had yeah. they had a lot of friends here for whatever reason they're from the south i think they're from south carolina maybe i was about to ask i don't know where they're from yeah and so there ended up being like 360 <laughs> like in there we had moved all the pushing 400 dude, dude that's, that's crazy, crazy. anybody that's been to rodney scott's you right see this venue, it felt like it was going to implode it was like it was so stressful i could barely be in there but uh but so yeah but mostly we sold it to 225 yeah but that was like packed yeah well, dude, I think the most packed I saw it was when you guys were doing the, the dance night. The kids got the disco. Oh thing. yeah, that was were... like a rage. You know, at least in, during my time in college, and uh, see that man, I would see so many people in there. It was it was just insane. But well, you guys had like the outside area that was like a covered porch, basically. Right. So you could kind of get out and still feel like you're in the venue, but I guess technically you're outside the doors on that little hangout. See, I missed all. And then you this. had the, like the airstream really? in the back. Yeah, the whole little back area and all stuff. before my time. We yeah. tried to do a lot with a little. Yeah, you know, it's well, like, it looks like you did. It looked uh, like the green room was like a an airstream in the back. Am I, there were, am I, there was one original, and the reason why there was an airstream back there is this band from Japan called Boris, and especially early on, we take everybody's, you know, what a band would call a rider, which is kind of their get all your food and all the requirements. Right, they yeah, ask exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. So they were saying we need a quiet place. It's important that we have a quiet place Boris. for our baby to sleep because they had just had a child. And I was like, okay, we got to do this. We don't have anywhere that's like climate controlled. Or, <laughs> well, I mean, the kitchen, kitchen was one of the loudest places in there because oh, like sure. right next to the stage. So that was, I was looking at that like the week before. And then on Tuesday, an Airstream came up on ebay and i drove up on the wednesday to get it pulled it back 31 foot airstream with my volvo 240 <gasps> pulled it into the place and then a couple people in my family and i cleaned it straight for like 20 hours and then it was it was almost like a you know like the end of risky business when like the parents pull up and it's like yeah nothing we don't have any good. party everything's fine yeah um so that's kind of that's kind of how that started, and then later we got kind of a more like picnic area and two airstreams because sometimes if you have two bands staying sure. overnight, that's cool. Yeah. Well, dude. Um, oh, hold on. Talking about writers, <laughs> is there stuff that like stuff that just was just dumb things on writers that people never use, and you're just like, damn it, I got to go buy this and supply this again, and they're never going to use it again. Here's where I'm really forgiving on writers. Okay. So I'm going to put you in a situation. You've been away from your loved ones. You've been away from killer for seven weeks on a loud 
moving vehicle, be it a van or a sprinter or a bus, whatever, you know, you don't know when you're going to sleep. You don't know when you're going to wake up and you're dealing with different people every day. There's no consistency to it. And the one consistent thing in your life is to get that one goddamn extra nacho cheese, cheese it box every day. That's right. That's what you can depend on is that thing, you know, and it's that consistency that, you know, I'm forgiving with riders because I get it. You know, that's, it's hard to have any kind of consistency on the road and you have that thing. It's like, you know, even, you know, whatever silly thing it is, it's like, you know, fudge rounds from little debbie's or whatever it is right dude boiled pickled eggs man (laughs) quail eggs yeah so you know and that's one thing we always try to uh well i'll go back and answer your question first um mogwai had on their rider and i actually did the show at work play like sometimes when the shows were too big for bottle tree i'd do them over at work play in the theater room oh that's Hmm. cool so it did like Explosion Sky, Mogwai, like just, you know, yeah. a variety of bands over there. Um, and the they had on their rider one, I think it's something like, and I could be wrong, but it's I'm paraphrasing, one very amateur piece of local art. Okay. On their rider. So Steve, who does what's on second had just got this kid's high school art collection, who, granted, was a pretty good artist, right? Pretty realistic, you know, for a 12th grader. Okay. Was painting pretty solid, but it's pretty novice at the same time. Fit the bill perfect. Right. So, so, and he had done a lot of really muscular women that were, like, lifting (laughs) weights. Those were all over Bottle Tree. But what I gave to the guys in Mogwai was the, I forget the Vulcan who's the captain on Deep Space Nine. But if you know Star Trek at all, whatever that captain is on it is a very weird, <laughs> realistic Star Trek painting. And I just left it in the dressing room and, they're, and they said this, oh my God. Nobody's ever gotten that for us before. So a lot of times those are just kind of it's just on there. jokes to see okay. if you, you know, maybe if you're dealing with Glenn Danzig or Van Halen, oh, it's sure, a different, yeah. different yeah. thing. But um, but I always love taking those things seriously. We just had one the other night that was, uh, I, oh, oh, I, this I think the band that's playing tonight, this band called The Nude Party, had uh, a Nicolas Cage impersonator on their rider. Are you serious? <laughs> And Were you I, able to find that? I was really, really, really tempted to go get like a rattlesnake skin jacket and do the whole Nick Cage and Wild go. at Heart kind of thing and just be like, it's the but, best I can do. But man. then annoy them to the point where like they can't get rid of me. Yeah. So it's like careful. Oh, you're in the cage yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> careful off. what you wish for. You know. Take that off. Man. You know, like one of my favorite Nick Cage lines of all time as I was reading, I think it was in Vanity Fair. And he was talking about it, like overacting. So people think I overact, but they don't understand Western Kabuki. It was just like, <laughs> mic drop. You know, it's Dang. such a ridiculous thing to say. Such a Nick Cage thing to say, right? Very yeah, on brand. Yeah. I've never met Nick Cage, but I imagine he's a joy to be around. Just a yeah. Hoot. You should. You guys should hang. I We're going to reach out. Yeah. I, we send him that email. He's probably glossed he'll, over. He'd, he'd do this. Yeah, we need to re-up. Yeah. He'll, he'll reach back out. He'd, he'd, he'd do some Western Kabuki. Drive to Birmingham. Sure talk would. with us. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of – I got out of Bottle Tree before 
the end and probably a year. I don't know how long it was, like a year before, um, for various reasons, different aesthetics and didn't, um, you know, so bottle tree had been for sale and I was, I live like so close to where Saturn is now. I was walking one day and I saw those two buildings that were for rent. And I was like, I don't really want to do another music venue, but damn, these would be really cool to have a space in. Yeah. And it's really kind of where the destination determined doing it. You know, I was with Jeff Nixon, who was, does sidewalk cinema and a ton of amazing, amazing guy. One of the best guys in Birmingham, probably the best guy in Birmingham, actually the number Whoa. one guy. Right. Whoa. Wow. Okay. And probably, probably like by leaps and bounds, the best guy in Birmingham, just all around yeah. in every category. Do you know, Jeff? I do not. You should have him on your show. Okay. Jeff, I know he's listening. Yeah. Everybody listens. Well, being that we're, we're simulcasting worldwide. Oh right. yeah. Worldwide. Yep. Australia. Yeah. Yep. But, um, so I was like, you know, because I wanted to do a space that was a little bigger. Um, and I kind of grew up on shows that I felt were like, I guess what I would say is affecting a small amount of people in a large way versus a large amount of people in a nominal way. You know, there's a lot of different ways that that can work. But the best shows I've ever been to were really small shows, you know, where like these life changing things were, you know, there's 15 people out so I wanted to draw this connotation, this line between what is a show and what is a concert. And to me, a show, you could still go, you know, smack the guitar player in the face. Yeah. You know, yeah, or, or, or the guitar yeah. player could spit on you. If I, like, you know, there's not, there's not a barricade. There's not 20 people with yellow shirts that say security. There's right. not like this us and them kind of right. thing. And to me, Saturn was about the size that I felt like those were still shows and not concerts. But we could put some real production in there mm. and some nice lighting, some nice, uh, you know, PA, some, you know, do really well with acoustics in the room. So that was kind of the line where I really wanted to be at is right there around 500 people or so. And you said both, both spaces because it's two buildings. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't one space originally. We had to do the Kool Aid Man thing and knock through the wall to yeah. connect the. That's two. where the ramp that goes up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But yeah. what they they were both being leased by the same leaseor. Yeah. Is yeah. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> that 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 section was. I think uh, the satellite, which is like the coffee shop and the bar there. Yeah. Was a small like kind of grocery store called Freshfully. It really? used to be a grocery store way back. There's a photo that we have upstairs. It's like a WPA photo from 1937. And it used to be um, like a Hill grocery store. Um, and then next door used to be a small theater space. It used to be two stories, but it burnt down in the late 30s, early 40s or something. Huh. It's a really great book called, uh, I think it's the, maybe it's just simply titled The History of Avondale. And I ordered it off Amazon. It's really expensive. It's like 120 bucks or something. But it's got serious? all this like super crazy rare vintage photos of Avondale. Um, we well, see the series. There's like series of different neighborhoods. Yeah, in Birmingham. This is like that times a hundred. So it's like and really like, in like a hardbound volume of oh dude I with that's with like so people rad. writing about it and stuff too. But 
the woman who published and I, I hate I forgot her name lives She's listening right now too. in it lives in maybe lives in Avondale or somewhere close maybe Forest Park it was and no the, she lives in Canada she wrote and, the book from Canada and delivered it to the house it didn't come from an Amazon truck she just like brought it to the house oh, okay. so it was it was really cool to get to pick her brain about hey, old school Avondale that stuff book, man that's awesome I think they have it at the library down at the at okay. 41st and 5th okay you should check, check it out. out. What's the? It's just the history of Avondale. Is what it says. Yeah, I believe so. It's really. It's got a basic, generic title like that. What year did um did you eventually? Uh, we got you know you did get the space and um after seeing both spaces, did you ever toy with the idea of just doing one or the other? Or right off the bat, you were like, oh, I gotta have both. Not really, because uh, I sort of had some caveats going into it that I like. Or like some deal breakers that I wouldn't do it if I couldn't do this. One of them was that it had to have a separate bar that could be open all the time. Um, Which is a brilliant idea, I think. Well, it was just like one of those lessons, you know, you learn from what well, Bottle Tree, if we had a band playing from out of town, but somebody's like, say somebody's coming through Birmingham and they just wanted to stop by and have a beer well we still have to charge you 15 dollars to get in or whatever because yeah. oh, the band's playing so it you know it was always tough for regular bar business in that capacity um so it's like it's got to have a separate room and you know also i did i wanted to like minimize the noise have bathrooms in a separate room all this kind of stuff it's got to have an overnight apartment i just had these things and it the 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 criteria that i had like worked in those spaces. Oh yeah, man. I've been fortunate enough to go up and kind of visit the apartment upstairs and stuff. Um, and then, uh, would you say, would you say you were creeping? How'd you get upstairs? Well, banditos came through town. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, as long as you weren't creeping, no, I wasn't creeping. Uh, my buddy, shout out to Nick Willis. Um, we've known each other since like third grade and banditos was playing and they were staying upstairs right and i've known randy he's the drummer for sure that band forever he's forever. A, he's a great guy yeah he, i love that guy so i've known him since like fifth grade wow and uh so when they came through town they were like dude come up because he's and old just check it out he's like 60 something right 60 something yeah shots yeah. fired shots yeah. fired randy um no no but i guarantee i'm the oldest person in this room by double probably no what are you talking about but I did Alex get to go up there and check old, it out. Though. I've never been a touring musician who has gotten to stay overnight up there, but I did get to come up there and see it. And one thing I got to say, I have on multiple occasions uh, come to see different bands there. Um, it's a great place to hang out even if you're not seeing a band, which is why we love it so much. You got the video games and the aesthetic and just all the cool things and, and the rad, like just the content that you guys are showing on these TVs. I don't know where you dig this stuff up. Like, just these old retro science fiction films or, or just random commercials or just stuff I've never even seen and knew existed in like American culture. Um, a cool place to hang out, but coming inside to the venue and then going upstairs and getting to see where like touring musicians get to stay and, and, and hearing them when you go to see a show, just be like, dude, we've been on tour for six months and this is the coolest venue we've been to by far. You know, um, we're big fans of me without you and they played one of their last right, shows sure. there. yeah that was amazing and even there on that last show and they said it before um they were like we absolutely put this on our list as far as like places we had to hit before we close out our time as a band um yeah I think they, they were played, just blown away you know 
four or five times over the years. They were yeah, oh yeah, we've super, seen them multiple times. Super sweet every but that's time. just one band of many that I've seen, other like random bands that we just come with. there. Y'all have like free nights sometimes where you can just go catch a band and mm -hmm. like I found, uh, we discovered, um, it was either at Bottle Tree or it was at Saturn, uh, mm -hmm. a band called Roadkill Ghost Choir. Right, just right, some right. random yeah, free yeah, night. Yeah. We came up there and they ended up being one of like our favorite bands and I think they disbanded. They're not playing anymore. But, sure. Um, just so many cool memories and it's just so cool to hear like, and I'm telling you, like, like multiple to multiple times, um, just random bands just getting up on stage when they get, like, especially like the main act and just being like, this is such a cool place. Like, you guys don't realize how badass this venue is. Like, we play venues every night and we get to stay here. You, it, you can tell that um, they're taken care of, you know, and th having the space upstairs and having the little... I don't know what it looks like now. It's been a while, but like the little sleeping cots that you guys had and with their own sure. little TVs yeah. and the pool table and just the, the kitchenette, you know, and you can really feel like in, you know, a clean shower and stuff, just a place to kind of unwind. Here's the thing. I'm glad it's working because you can bribe people with money. And we just okay. always like, hey, here's, really? a, here's a couple extra hundred bucks. Say something nice about the video stage. Yeah. Um, so that's it. No, You're bribing no, no. them. Okay. No, people well. have, People have been super nice. And honestly, like, we tried to get a lot right on the front end. There's still things I would love to do differently and fix and all this sort of stuff. But what's – it's kind of the manifestation of my madness because I did, I don't know, 3,400 shows when I was touring, like, back in the day. And I would, lived on the road, And man. there was, like – yeah, there was one day in 1996 that I was either in the studio, and I'm not bragging, it was a not a good thing. Um, I was in the studio or playing a show 346 days a year. So it's a blur, and it's easy to overdo that, you know, and I did. But Or you just hate music. You play this. I hate this. Well, you find, you <laughs> opening a library. <laughs> You always have some. Opening an Olive Garden. Yes. <laughs> going into the restaurant. I probably played at Olive Garden. I just don't <laughs> remember it. Um, the Or I probably played a place that was like a DIY space that oh, used I'm to be sure. Olive yeah, Garden. 3,400 shows. Come on. But, you know, I always describe it this way is you'll get every once in a while, you'll, I don't know, people sometimes just are doing it for whatever reason. They think it's going to be cool. They don't know what it takes to treat patrons and bands right. And, I always thought of that as like a certain shade of shit, right? Okay. So I got a building. I'm going to open it up and have music. So I was like, okay. So after a while, you've been touring five or six, seven years. I've seen that. We've got the promoter. Um, the promoter said, you know, we've got to play four hours earlier than we wanted to. And we got to sort of bar ourselves to the customers, whatever crazy situation, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen that shade of shit. It's kind of like a tan-like-ish, you know, it's got a little ridges, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but so, but every once in a while, you'll be like, whoa, we're underneath the girls' gymnasium in Syracuse. That's the gymnasium they're about to move out of. In the backstage, I'm making a set list, and there's, urine from the pipes dropping on the rider and that and somebody just yelled at us to you know um get our stuff off stage before we've been played it's like whoa this is a rare chartreuse diamond perfect 
you know, turd that we've never seen before. And I almost got excited when there would be a really bad experience. That's a good so, way to turn so, it around. <laughs> so Saturn kind of was like me being like, let's just do something where we could take the turds away. <laughs> On the flip side, were there ever yeah. any places that inspired you? That oh, 100%. Like, oh, this is cool. That, like they're doing this right. On the flip side, like all Saturn is an amalgamation of the good stuff of places I've been. Yeah. You know, um, the Vera and Groningen in the Netherlands. Um, you know, uh, there's, you know, the, the Lounge Axe, which is a really amazing place um, in Chicago that we played a ton of times, the old Emos in Austin. Like, there's so many like places and it could just be that the people are really nice or great to deal with or you know that they had a smart way the stage was designed you know all those little things have been so thankful to stand on the shoulders of those other clubs that have kind of you know i've gotten to pick and pull apart yeah of. all the little all the great bits of everybody else all melted. well i'm sure bottle tree was a huge learning experience too was that the oh, first yeah, venue that immensely. you had started yeah, you didn't know absolutely. any other venues. I that. promoted shows like in Auburn when I was in college there, and uh, and then I was running sound here, like at the old punk shows at Tuxedo Junction, um, and stuff like that. But yeah, it was the first venue that I actually that had you were run. Okay, wow, yeah, I'm sure there were some lessons learned there. You know, like okay, well, if I ever started, did you know, like after post Bottle Tree. I, I guess you took some time. Did you ever think that you would own another venue again? Or did you ever no, have no, it in no. the back of your head? That's, well, that's what, like, it was kind of like, oh, I never want to do this again. And Done. Then, and then, added my time. And then yeah. the spaces were like, come, come put. It's a really good space. Come, on. come put bands inside me. Yeah. How long did Bottle Tree last? Nine years total. Nine years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's a good run for a little small, like, and it started right in the, like, thick of the 2007 recession we started in 2006 so it was like and there was nothing in avondale of another kind of bar entertainment type thing sure and we did that because we thought oh we're gonna get there was you know actually with that club the lounge acts and some other clubs across the country there have been all these weird noise ordinances because of neighbors mm -hmm. complaining and we're like let's pick somewhere where we're not going to get shut down yeah sure okay and good idea. it was actually the best before we actually had all the licenses and we're doing everything completely illegally wow. because we had this setup where we had already got all the, the bar refrigeration, right? So we'd have a band play and then you would bring in your own beer, like your own 12 pack, put your name on it, hand it to one of our bartenders and just on the friendly trust system, you would say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Alex M. I'm gonna like. Can I have one of my beers? And then our bartender would serve you your beer, and then you give the bartender a few dollar tip. So it's like this. It was cool. The perfect loophole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really great, but it was completely illegal. Everything we did for about a year. Wow. Uh, now, when Bottle Tree, it was also a restaurant like during the day, mm -hmm. right? Now, yeah. was that from the start, or did y'all just start? Yeah, out? that was from the start. From the start, that, you're like, oh, was... we're going to do food during the day, shows at night. That, that, was... that was legal, though, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that happened later down the road. And we were just doing shows like five days a month then. It wasn't like we were open all the time. Okay, kind of a cave nine vibe or something. Yeah. Right. And uh, But that was, I had nothing to do with that. That was like Mary Lee and Brad, her brother. The restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, I 
ate the food plenty and really enjoyed it, but I didn't really have much to do with that. It's just not my world. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, fast forward to, uh, you're walking down the street, you see the space, it looks good. Um, you decide it fits all, it checks all the boxes that you want. It's got the upstairs. It's right. got the, the place that could be a separate bar and kind of hangout area versus the venue side, which I think is awesome because there's plenty of times where I'm like, Hey, you know, it's a Thursday evening. Let's go get a beer somewhere and we can go to Saturn and just hang out and you get the video games and there's like, I don't know. There's just so much to look at and to do besides just go sit there at the bar and drink a beer. It's like, Oh, I'm gonna go play some Mario or you guys got pinball machines in the back mm-hmm. to play some pinball. And it's a cool place. Even if it's like, Oh, it's some band I've never heard of. And I don't really want to pay $10 to go see a band tonight, but it's a cool place. Or if you have friends from out of town, sure. it's like, Hey dude, come check out this place it's right down the street. It's super cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bit of more is more, but you know, I just, there again, a lot of rock clubs are like four black walls. And I was just, I guess I had had such a reaction from boredom we can do more than this yeah it's like let's do too much of everything but um but i'm you know i'm i'm fascinated by like the thing i geek out the most in the world is like music venue design the way i mean from like going back to like music halls in britain to like the pleasure gardens to vaudeville to like juke joints to like people playing on steamboats to like all like i'm so fascinated in the the kind of evolution of i mean back to greek and roman theater like i'm so interested in the evolution of like how did we get like at saturn or the nick or iron city where how did we get here how did we get to this point like why are we putting people in this room like this and it's on a stage and it's like there's speaker like that all and it you know it seems very very like obvious now yeah but but there's a whole huge development of the history of but you guys do so much more than just music too i mean we you know we had uh nick campbell and and chase i think nick is a big part of saturn Mm -hmm. Um, yeah he's the box office manager but they do this you know the tvs of terror which is just like kind of a b-movie horror night thing and then you guys did a run with the the video, vintage video game night, which I hear was a, a lot of work to put on. Yeah, um, yeah, and we had done that at Bottle Tree, so that was like, oh, oh that was okay. a cr- oh, we okay. had done that for like thirteen years or something. So oh, wow, it, it, I didn't it, know it was that. just time to move on. Yeah, it sounds it, like a lot, but it's cool. There's like yeah. other things you guys have, um, you know, like the vintage markets every now and then in there, yeah. and just like you, you guys really use the space to its full potential. Besides just having quote unquote you know, shows and bands and they do comedy nights and just all kinds of things, man. It's really cool. Well, you can do like rock bands to like, to the point that you just get bored with it. Yeah. And like doing that kind of stuff that really throws it off is what keeps it interesting. And like, if I have any skill in the world, if I have any talent in the world, it's been interior design. No, it's been not at all. It's been, (laughs) or maybe it's just luck. I've been lucky enough to always be able to put really amazing people around me. And that, and I'm not just saying that to be like, oh, I'm giving the employees a pat on the back or the pe- people that do stuff with us. Like, he is. I don't know. Maybe it's sympathy. Maybe people feel sorry for me, but we always have um, like <laughs> really great people that will bring some to like Nick and Chase just started that out of the blue. And, 
Um, and like Jackie Lowe, who does Substrate Bingo, or Michael Green, who was part of the coffee oh, shop. Yeah, yeah, y'all got the studio in there now too. Yeah, oh, that's and cool. like you know, there's been so many people that have put on cool events or great local bands, or or, or the people that work with us at Saturn is like yeah. really fortunate for the people that are there now, especially, but also that have been there over the years. So I've been fortunate to use their brilliance and then take credit for it. There you go. Well, that's the name of the game, man. No, I'm not taking credit that's for it. There's too, too many awesome people to name. Well, when you started it, uh, it's Saturn and Satellite. Saturn right. being the music venue and Satellite it's confusing, being right? kind It's of, confusing. Well, everybody just refers to it as Saturn. Right, right, right. Like, um, I don't think I've ever once said, hey, let's go to Saturn and Satellite. Here's it's the most always like, let's go to Saturn. Boring, quotidian, like basic answer of why that is. Okay. Is because I wanted the two spaces to have a separate identity. And also I didn't want to like, like if somebody was going to write a, either a travel blog or leave a review or whatever, you know, I didn't want there to be like this cup of coffee was really, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, it's really had a very smoky blend, whatever, you know, and then bands at the same time. It just seemed confusing, but okay. we should just call it Saturn because everybody says satellite. But I kind of like at this point, just like that it is confusing. Oh okay. yeah, it works, man. Um, but that leads into my next question. When you guys decided like we're moving forward with the space and the venue and we're going to do this, this endeavor, um, was the space theme always i kind of pick up on that especially being an astro man and right you know uh I, hopefully i coined the term but like the, the kind of the spacey surf rock and stuff but did you always know going into it like what it was going to end up or have an idea of how you were going to design it and it'd be this like like where did the name saturn come from well you know, you know first off i had some relatives in the early 60s that had worked some on some machining engineering stuff that worked with NASA, which, you know, here in Alabama, we built yeah. the Saturn V rockets. And then also, uh, you, know, you went to space camp and you were like, I love space. I didn't go to space camp. Actually, our general manager got to go to space camp. Whoa. So I was just in Huntsville, and my coworker was like, "Did you ever go to space camp?" I was like, "No." Our cousin did. He got a jumpsuit, one of the orange wanna, NASA jumpsuits. So cool! I, wanna, yeah. I like to punch those kids. I got to go to. Space you got to have a spacesuit. I know you do somewhere. I, I, I'm, sh I'm sure I've got too many. Too many. Okay. Oh, okay. I should have worn one tonight. Should have brought one. Dude. That would have been perfect. Dude, let, let, let me be more of a clown than I already am. Uh, no, but uh, also. Probably the person I think who has been the most creative entity ever is Sun Ra, who was, you know, well, I see him plastered all over. Right, the place. I don't know a ton about Sun Ra, but you, yeah. you should, and that's that's one tragedy about. And I'm not saying you should. Like, I'm going to take you to school. I'm saying school like, me. It's literally one of the most creative people that has ever lived. Both in, um, he, you know, he he was born landed in Birmingham. He has this whole mythos that's tied where he went to Saturn. And he was he uh, was born really near where the old terminal station was, which just maybe like a mile from where Saturn is. So Saturn had this um, connection that was both, you know, to my family and to a musical hero of mine, also a big inspiration. Um, so it just worked out on both levels that it felt, it felt like it, meant something on you know okay, okay. multiple forms uh and to that note uh you guys have like an alabama wall of fame 
over there on kind of the hall, well, the little ramp that goes up into Saturn. But the, I just think that's so cool. The musical hall of fame, I guess. The Alabama Music Hall of Fame, not the real Alabama Music Hall of Fame, which is what we have. The real. That's right. That's right. There was just like crazy old amazing blues guys and like all this missing. I think the one, if you go to their website, it's maybe like 90 people total in it and this like vast array of amazing um, history of Birmingham and Alabama music. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the requirement of the real Alabama Music Hall of Fame is that I want them to be there. It was like the one kind of thing is because so many people that may not have sold a ton of records or done whatever, but were meaningful either to me or to other people or had some sort of impact or did something really interesting and they deserve to be recognized. And the thing we've been trying to do for a long time is work with some uh, museum tablet technology where you can click on the person and hear songs or hear like get a description of what they did. Cause a lot of people don't know a lot of the people in there. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, and it started with Chris Hendricks from G GMP. He was the very first one. And he's, he actually wants me to put him at the top left corner. Chris has got a very one track mind. He's like, I was the first I need to be in the top <laughs> left corner. Top left, you can read down. He's like the, the number one punk legend of Birmingham. So okay. yeah. Who does the paintings? Because it looks they all look very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the same style, right? You know? um, Paul Willem, you guys may have heard of him. He's uh, his art's all over the place in Birmingham. Yeah, okay. Like it's like a manifestation of Paul's crazy mind. And sometimes, sometimes Paul will pitch me people, and I'll be like, "Yeah, let's put them in." Or yeah, what are the requirements to? to, to be hey, on you know, we, I, I told we, you, I we told play you. a mad kazoo and <laughs> yeah. triangle. You know, we're heavy. Do you ultra. have to be a musician to be on the wall? Of How much have you suffered with your kazoo art? Because uh, that's know, what's crucial. Since I was five, so I mean, you know, I've got twenty-five years suffer. under my tour, belt. Tour that kazoo around. Tour the hell out of that yeah, kazoo, and and then, then, we'll then, then come back to me. I'll get you in there. Okay, I know people. Right. But are you the one that kind of makes the final call? Like, mm, no, I don't know about. I, about you know, Chase. I band or whatever i would say like we don't really put that on the bottom i don't i can't remember <laughs> on the bottom, i can't remember anybody that's like wow well, no let's don't put them in there but oh hell no. i think we have a working list of like people that we think are important or okay no and we've thought about adding music venues and also like you know record podcasts, stores and things all yes. that kind of thing yeah. local rad brother podcasts we're just, just you know, on that floating list. that out there. Okay, okay. Where did all we'll, the stuff? We'll, we'll, we'll talk. I mean, we'll talk? Okay. Paola exists in 2022, so you know we can we can work something out. Yeah, we can work something out. We'll work something out. Make lots of money off this. Um, where all the stuff that is in Bottle Tree or in see there I go in Saturn. Um, I say that sometimes I answer the phone at Saturn Bottle Tree. So. Bottle Tree. Oh really? Oh, no, I just I, can't get it once out in a blue moon. Yeah. But where did all the? I mean, it's it's anybody that's been there, anybody listening to this podcast that hasn't been to Saturn, I, I encourage you to go check it out. If only just to grab a cup of coffee or a beer, play some uh, pinball or something. But uh, the aesthetic, man, is just so cool and it's so on point. You guys have racks and racks of like board games and stuff, and so it's a really fun place for people to come and hang out and 
especially if you've never been there, just like looking around at all the neat stuff. And I, I dig the uh, the uh, the air handler that you guys have on top. It's shaped like a giant rocket ship. You right. Know? And, you know, I will say this in dead honesty. I would love to take credit for that. But you know who came up with that? Who came up with that? The HVAC guys. <laughs> they were in there and they were getting so – just the guys that were putting in our air conditioning. They were getting so into, like, all the space stuff. And they're like, hey, we've got this idea. Do you mind if we – try it and i was like what are you going to make it blow like air that smells like chocolate or what are you what are you talking about a smoke machine right like space air so they uh i think it was brian's company that yeah did that's it. What I was brian jackson yeah um yeah, yeah he's so, a friend of my dad oh, they've right. been like jamming they've been playing yeah yeah exactly forever, so. so they like you know machined yeah. the fins and did all that with that so i wish i could take credit for it i'm kind of it's so rad and they were able to get i guess all the compression and stuff correct having all these different sizes and still look like a giant uh spaceship yeah there so the space theme is on par it's really cool and then like just all the cool stuff that you guys show on the different like there's screens everywhere jesus there's like tvs all over the place and you guys have a projector and uh where do you guys get all this content that you show? I mean, the internet's a big internet, but right. is there anything specific when you guys started out? You're like, oh, we have to play original OG season one of Power Rangers every Thursday. Was well, that or just a like deep that? cut from TVs of Terror? Well, you know, I used to be involved with this thing called uh, Lost and Found TV, which was like back in the 90s. It's hard to, you know, back when Bill Clinton used to win elections by playing the saxophone. He uh, rocked it, dude. Um, you know, people would trade videotapes of all kinds of weird stuff, stuff that is so easy to find on YouTube now. It yeah, kind of ruined uh, that kind we're of spoiled now. tape trading culture. And um, there was this, you know, uh, there was like magazines of found letters and stuff like found magazine. And, all, and that was kind of a big culture around that time where you'd find like old weird records or tapes or, you know, private conversations of people that just ended up at a thrift store or whatever. And so a lot of that comes from that mentality. And Kyle McKinnon, who's been part of Sidewalk for a long time, and I made a thing called If Hell Is that our neighbor? Kyle? Yeah, I think he lives somewhere around here. His wife's Joyce? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Shout out Kyle. Yeah, man. I love that guy. Small world. We did a... And Domestique lives across the street. Right. We should get everybody here. The brothers Pocus. Yeah. We should get everybody here. Um, Saturn party. But yeah, I drove Kyle crazy for about a year and a half because we were editing some of those together. And we had one called If Hell Had a Television. And so it's kind of in that of just like what kind of, you know, weird stuff will somebody just, oh, everything's normal. And then what is that? Dude, I I can't name the number of times I've done that. I've been sitting here having a conversation. I look up and I'm like, what are we looking at? You know, it's just some random... But at the same time, it all feels like it's in place. Like there's never anything that's like yeah. out of place. It's like a good weird, you right. know, and everything fits and it's goofy and it's weird and it's cool. And it's like, I never feel bored. You know what I mean? I have a fear like, of boredom. I know. It's like I could go there by myself and just drink a beer at the bar and feel completely entertained either by the the patrons, other patrons that are coming in or just the, the random. There's just so much like uh, sensory overload right. going on all over the place all we're putting us. we're putting batting cages on the the satellite roof what are you serious no i'm just oh, okay. about that would be cool though that would be cool <laughs> do you have any plans for anything you said there was some things that um 
that you might change or, or things that after, you know, running a venue for seven years mm-hmm. that you might do differently? Is there anything that you would change if you could or any big plans we're about to redo we're about to redo the patio and all that but the stuff i'm really interested in is like wish there was a conveyor belt that bands could load their amps right off their like trailer straight onto the stage it'd be so easy and you know there was a there again there, what? has anybody there, ever done that there's a club called the middle east in um in boston forever and you would basically because it was like underground you would have to put your equip you'd have to put your amp like literally because the the, so many slide. so many <laughs> stairs down to get to that you'd have to put it on a conveyor belt at one point it stopped working and then you had to carry it down the stairs oh, man. but i was like god it would be so nice just to have a conveyor belt in here people just put their amps show up on stage but the way it would have to work now is it would have to go through like where our water heating is and stuff so you don't need hot water it's I know, like who needs hot water needs when hot you water. can like get your amp to carry itself on stage? Take a cold shower. Yeah. You didn't have to carry your guitar in. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of little things like that. We we just got the space organ where, you know, much like the Mighty Warlitzer at um, at the Alabama Theater, mm-hmm. like we're gonna start having in between bands instead of just playing, you know, Spotify. Or I've discovered a lot of cool music that way, dude. Right. Like just being there in between sets. And just like sitting in there and just listening to the music. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I think I've discovered like three or four of my favorite bands that way. Oh, nice. Like literally just like the background music from the dude who's probably just up there running sound that night or something. Well, you're not going to anymore. It's so because cool. We're going to have a space organ that, space <laughs> that, organ. that like we literally have a crazy like Moog space organ that uh, our friend Tim Cornell is going to do in between bands instead of having like just he's just know. gonna be up there every night playing not on stage just it's, it's like stage right it's over to the left of the room so Whoa. yeah but i mean what do you mean he's gonna be up there playing like in between ba- like almost like have you been to the alabama theater and yeah like, oh yeah it's like intermission but i mean like how often well you know it'll kind of start with doing it with local shows and then as it gets more established Every single doing, night. Yeah. He's going to have okay. features with the bands. He's going to be up there playing with the bands. <laughs> a space or Actually, like, we had um, this band Black Midi that just played, who put it up on stage and played it. Yeah. Dang. So it's, What's a space uh, organ? Is it just a normal keyboard? Come on, okay, Alex. what what this this one is Dude, come on. I know you don't know, know what a space, space organ is. I, for, I forget the name of this. It's like the Yamaha FX or CS. But it came from the PTL, which is, you know, the um, – station that Jim and Tammy Faye Baker had in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, is this like a big piece of equipment or is it? Yeah, it, it like weighs like a million pounds. That's what it's I'm like, saying. Like you, once it's set, it's It's set. like, have you seen like, um, like one of those like modern televangelist religious revival TV shows? It's like that. It's like every pristine white. Yeah. Okay. Or what's the show? Um, uh, like a new show yeah yeah yeah, yeah was, no, on talking, hbo i can't it's got a uh the dude from the thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. from eastbound and down eastbound and down. Yeah. Yes, yes 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 i can't think of it um, my mind's but it's it's like that it's literally okay. like that okay i mean we're using it for different purposes but you know so it'll be a permanent fixture in yeah. the saturn venue sure area. yeah Man. where are you gonna put it though is it gonna be on the stage come, you come let's leave and go see it let's i'll show check you it out. it's yeah. there now it's so it's now. it's up on the stage. Though. No, it's, it's not, not on the stage. It's down. It's like 
on a riser down to the left of the stage. Because to the left, I know there's an exit there. Right. That it's kind of up in front of the exit by that um, okay. elevated area. Okay. Any any learning experiences, though, that you was like, maybe putting the bar here would have worked better over here? Or maybe having the, the pinball machines back here would work better here? Or just any little things that you would change if you could. You know, about the physical layout Just of the, the space. Just the physical layout yeah. of the space. Or how you run things. I mean, I've never run a random music video. Venue, well, so. you know, it's kind of like, uh, it, well, there's kind of like any time that you have a multi-purpose, a multi-use space, things pull against each other and sometimes have the type of seating that we need to run a coffee shop for the domestic folks, actually, to run in the coffee shop. And what we could, I mean, at night, we could probably use all like high top tables up there that are just more like pub tables and... But you kind of have to find that compromise between it being a bar and a music venue and a coffee shop and a bread and breakfast. You guys are doing a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all started listing in on like Airbnb and stuff. Like, we did over the pandemic, oh, which really helped save us in dude, a lot of ways. Dude, we wanted to stay in it, um, and it just never worked out. But I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. To, like, that was a saving and, like, grace. It really camp was. Camp out. Yeah. Experience what it's like if you're a touring. Come band. up there, step check there. it out. Step there tonight. Well, now we're like best friends, so I can just hit you up and be like, "Yeah, hey, man, what's going on, dude? You want to play some pool, Let's hang out? Let's let's go up there now. There's a band there, but we can we can hmm. kick them out. How many shows do you guys do in a given month or year? Is it all over the place? I know we're kind of like post pandemic now, so obviously the past two years don't count. Right. But before that, and maybe this going even back to Bottle Tree. Um, how many? What's your goal? Do you guys have a goal on how many bands you try to? Or Not is it just real, every. It just kind of fluid. In well, when you at like a five hundred capacity venue, you're really basing it off volume. You know, like if you're doing amphitheater, like um, I don't know Oak Mountain or somewhere, you maybe do 12, 14 shows a year, and you just have hopefully have eight, ten, twelve thousand people out for those. But one show a month, yeah. Right, and so um, or even more seasonally because you know you can't do it in the middle of winter time sure because uh, it's outdoor. Yeah. i mean you could but we in 2019 we did 270 shows and 270 events. shows right wow dude that's a lot yeah yeah it's kind that's of, more than i would have thought it's a little mind-numbing but well i get on your uh website and like social media and stuff and it's like there's something every night and you guys have like the tvs that list out the whole month and stuff which mm -hmm. is really cool and uh it's like, man, there's something every single night. You know, you can find something to do. I mean, that's a, that's a good there. problem to have, though. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to program, like, you know, because you don't want to ever, hey, there we finally got some. Hey, killer. killer. I know. We got to ignore her, dude. <laughs> Look at her. But uh, Sorry. <laughs> she just got a haircut. Our dog looks great. You were holding her a second ago. We need yeah. to pull her up here and put her on the table. Um, um Yeah, we, whatever you guys want to do. We have a killer night at Saturn. Killer night. So it's like you know, we're referencing I, our dog Lola. I name wanted, is not killer. I wanted to book the Acrocats so bad, this acrobatic the cat acrobat. team. What? But I saw them one time and it was really bad. I mean, no, no, no cats like, are cats are tricky. Man. I'm a cat person, but like it was just bedlam. It was chaos. The cats weren't doing any tricks. They were like in the audience. I paid good money to no, see the Acrocats. You said Acrocats. I'm thinking like a gymnastic. The Aquabats or something. I was thinking of the band. No. I'm no, thinking no, no, of no. like people who like hang from ribbons from the rafters. and swing That them. but cats. 
Okay. okay. I need to put this on my radar then. Mm. The the Acrocats. 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 Yeah. Okay. So I'll check that out. Is there ever been an act being the the having the love for music and stuff and the sure. base knowledge that you have and having a venue and maybe the word gets out that you, you know, Hey, this is a really cool place to play. Has there ever been a band that wanted to come through that maybe, you know, having the limit of a smaller show sure. type venue that you just couldn't support? Has um, that ever been a problem? Yeah, I'm sure there has been. I'm trying to think of, um, how involved are you on a day to day? What, what, what is a typical week like for you? Well, I like, I'm, there at some point every day and i haven't turned off unless it's unless it's like my battery has died or i'm asleep i have not turned off my cell phone or been far away from it unless i've lost it in eight years so i'm pretty like you're pretty involved but also you know the thing from a management standpoint not to talk boring you know like business stuff but You've got to the people you put in place. You've got to be able to enable them to do what they want to do. And we've kind of always had the thing with Saturn where there's literally times we've hired people where like I don't know what you're going to do, but we really like you and they have a great attitude. And you kind of let people find their own path of what they're good at. And so many people have worked out great that way. Um, So I don't. I I try not to micromanage. Sure. I'll do crazy like redneck Willy Wonka stuff that nobody will understand why it happened. We're going to have a chocolate but, fountain before but, you go into the bathroom. But some of the things, some of my stupid redneck Willy Wonka stuff, it's the stuff that six months later, they're like, oh, okay, it makes sense. Like, mm. I was like, don't trust me, but kind of trust me. I mean, like the airstreams of Baltry were that way. People thought it was crazy. That, but that it worked. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, but the, um, but, you know, I can. I try not to micromanage people. I try to learn to delegate. I did that early on, and it was just annoying. Sure. I mean, nobody wants to be micromanaged as long as you find the right person that can, like, you know, self motivate, get their job done. You know, look for ways they can help. And stuff. Right. I'd you rather know, it's like finding the right team. Yeah. How big is your team? It's like we're really kind of tight for what we have been at times. I mean, you know, obviously, I'm not counting the coffee shop employees, but you know. It goes from 25 to 35, something like that. And that's like full-time and part-time people. Is the coffee shop, and maybe we talked about this with, when Nathan and his brother came on, uh, Nathan and Michael Pocus of Domestique. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of like a separate entity within. Yeah, we just rent out the coffee shop okay, space to okay. them. And they've, they've been great. You know, originally we ran the coffee shop, and it was a Stumptown coffee shop, and then um, which was out of Portland. But. I am not good at that. Coffee is not my passion, and I love the idea of having a coffee shop, but also, like, it was taking away from doing the things that maybe I'm okay at. Like yeah, sure. Booking you gotta find stuff. your lane, you know? Yeah, I mean? and so it was great to have the domestic folks there because they had a great local brand and had a vision for what they wanted to do, and it just kind of fit in nicely, and it was kind of pretty seamless. Well, I, I would imagine that you guys have partners and there's probably a big infrastructure of like getting national acts and stuff to come through town. Um, My before, friend, before we wrap yeah, up, how, yeah. can you speak to that to some yeah. degree? Like how, what is it like 
getting bands to, I mean, what what is that world like? Just getting people to, like, hey, we have this venue in Birmingham. It's really cool, and it fits this many people, and we think your band would be perfect for this. You know, obviously, sure. if you're a little bit bigger, there's other venues you go to in town. But right, how does that work as far as getting bands in? Well, I've been lucky because I've you know I've been connected to a few different companies. Um, the Bowery presents out of New York originally, and then they got bought by a really large company. Uh, like second biggest, like the basically the competitor of Live Nation, which is AEG. Mm. That didn't last. Like we parted ways, myself and that company, um, for you know basically because like it's hard for a company that size to understand doing a tiny video venue in Birmingham, and I hadn't really quite, you know, signed up for that being the thing we were going to do. And, you know, um, but Patrick Hill, who's this amazing guy out of Atlanta, who used to book a really small venue there called the Earl, through all the different incarnations that we've been with, has done our national booking, because that's the one thing I don't miss at all, because I did a lot, majority of booking oh, the I shows. I can imagine like, that's a headache, dude, just trying to, like, schedule. Agents That's, a, that's its own tough. job right there, it's just getting banned. Oh, this band canceled. Okay, well, we got to have somebody fill this out. You know, it's mainly whatever. dealing with booking agents. That's really difficult. I mean, if you've had anybody else from the music world, you haven't interviewed any booking agents, but I can imagine. Well, I mean, people that deal with booking agents, mm -hmm. and they kind of have the most power now, right now. Really? Yeah, it's kind of that. You know, a lot of people, like a lot of people, don't see the reverse engineering of like, oh, the show's expensive, or this is this or way. Why the that, ticket costs as much as you it know? Does. Usually, that all gets dictated by the band's booking agent there's a negotiation process right but like it's kind of like we can this is we cannot charge 70 dollars for a ticket right. no one will come right well it's almost the opposite it's almost like we've got to make x amount of money for this band and so then you have to do the 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 wacky rock and roll calculus of like all right we're probably not going to have over 200 people what are we going to have to charge for that and then the agent will approve or not approve the ticket price. Can so, we get 200 people in here that pay $50 each? For right, right, yeah. right. Okay. And I think that's a real, you know, not to speak on a wider level, but I think where we're headed with the music industry as far as the live concert music industry, which is delicate in the sense that because of streaming and all these other um, kind of things that have kind of demonetized, you know, putting out records and making money from actual selling physical records. I think it's really scary right now that people could devalue, like charge too much, devalue the experience, and people just be like, I don't wanna go to concerts anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it's like going to live shows is amazing and it's great to me, but if you, if you have people constantly being like, and you're going to pay $15 for parking, yeah. and we're going to slip in this other fee, and we're going to do this, and if you want to see the band for a VIP package, this extra, blah, blah, blah. So you stack on all these fees, and then you make it an uncomfortable experience where people are waiting around and don't really, you know, for a rock show or something like that, you know, it's going to be GA where you're standing, general mission. But, you know, you've got to make that experience special and comfortable and affordable. Yeah. And there's been such a money grab for, and it starts with the agents there again. Sorry, I'm sounding like kind of acidic. No, right this now. is good. Yeah. But it starts with the agents, you know, asking sometimes unrealistic amount for a band. 
And then so it becomes this arms race for, you know, about who can get money from who where, money, what yeah. revenue stream, if it's a, is that a merch cut? Is that, uh, is that the band doing a VIP package and then the venue charges the labor for the VIP? It, like there's all these things that if everybody was just straight up and realistic that it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. And like when Manor Astroman was touring in the nineties, like we would have guarantees for what we were making at a certain venue or something. Right. But if we ever lost money for a promoter and I'm not trying to put us on a pedestal or anything, we're whatever, but if say we lost, I don't know, just $500 for a promoter, we would split that with the promoter would be like, Hey, look, maybe our band didn't draw and here's two, 250 back, but you eat 250 on it. Cause maybe you could have promoted it better. Mm, yeah. Know? It's give and take. And, yeah. and in what was that? Yeah. So in 16 years of promoting shows in Birmingham, I've had two bands offer to give money back on a loss. That was Mike Watt from the Minutemen and Joe Lally from Fugazi. Only two ever to offer to give money back. And I never would ask that. Right. They were offering and we didn't take it. But point being is like it's it's a different dangerous world of this money grab and people really need to get back to like viewing like what makes a show special what's realistic for people to come out to be able to do and have a good time. Cause I, you know, you could de demonetize the whole experience to where it's just like the, well, the recording industry where there's no, there's mo no money in it for anybody. Right. Sorry. It's like the no, bleak, no, bleak, bleak music industry talk. It's good, man. It's cool. But I think that's, one of the appeals, you know, you say like in a world where, you know, we're going to have VR headsets in five years where nobody's going to live there. You can get food delivered. There's no reason to leave your house anymore. If they, ever. if they look cool, that's the problem with VR though, right? Yeah. Is that people look like idiots uh, wearing it. Oh, sure. Like, like if you could make oh, we're it. We're going to get into VR. And I'm sure they're about, talk now. I'm sure they're about to like have something that's just like, can you just make a pair of Ray-Bans or something? Oh, they're working it's on like, it. It's like, cause like if I'm doing this all day and like, Hey man, what's up? Yeah. Like it looks, I mean, that's pretty like, right. you know, like but it's, the, my point being, there's something to be said for the live experience and getting right. to see your band live and, and getting to be in the same room, with these people versus just listening to it on Spotify, or right. watching them on YouTube. And for the live experience, I find that going to a venue of your size is much more fun than going to like some massive like Oak Mountain venue that's like a thousand you know thousands of people like I'm I, I would much rather see like a smaller band in a more intimate setting that you guys have and, and like you guys I've seen Saturn packed out I mean that last show we went to it with me without you I mean it was wall to wall it was awesome right. but at the same time I never felt like it was too big right you know what I mean like it's yeah, and I just think that's like right where I want to be because there's so many people that are like, oh, I'd love to go see Metallica, but they're playing at the BJCC and it's going to be a nightmare and parking is right. going to be fifty dollars and then I'm going to be you know standing in line for an hour just to even get in the building and then when I'm right. in the building it's like oh I watched the monster truck rally in here like it's like some big giant massive auditorium right and it's just like that's not how I want to experience music. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just that's where my heart is. And it's also where I think is an area that I'm okay at doing. Like I'm okay on putting on shows and 
making the shows, with it. not not what, concerts. Concerts. Yes. I know it's silly, but it's 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 also it's a razor real. edge line. Right it is. There, man. I mean, I don't mind, but that said, like there have been times where I've been at a festival, like um, like. Uh, I was in a band that played this V Festival in England in 2005, and then a few bands, like four or five bands later, Oasis played on the stage. And I'm not like like, oh, Oasis is the best band in the world, but like hearing like 105,000 people sing like "You and I Can Live Forever" like mm -hmm. is like pretty emotionally tugging, as corny as that sounds. So I think it's you know. At all levels, there's an interesting yeah. experience that you you that's find true. what you have because yeah. there's that crazy tribal thing when you get a massive amount of people together. Um, Did you but, see that viral video that it happened at some festival where they were all like, uh, they were just waiting for the band to start, right? And uh, they started playing Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, and they all started singing, and then the, it just caught on like wildfire. Like everybody's like, "Oh, we're all singing," and then by the end of the song. Like they're just raging out. Wow. There's no band on stage. This is just music playing right. just to keep them entertained. It's like an outdoor thing. This happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. It went viral. It was like some crazy thing. Hmm. I'll have to look it up. And they're just I've playing music over the PA, it. and they're just like, these people are going fucking nuts. Right. You know, because they're all just. So it's I guess to your point, there is something to be said, like those moments where you're part of like a big crowd. Right. Like that that would be cool. But for the most I mean, part, yeah. festivals are cool. It's just not like what I have a background in and what sure. I have experience and some people you know some people do that really really well and you know but it's there again it's like i kind of have my lane of what i feel like is manageable i probably like do I, I i don't know i like challenges but at the same time i like to be in control enough where i feel like i'm going to do a good job and not try to take on too much so mm. Well, yeah. I think you're doing something right, man. Yes. Saturn is an is an awesome venue. Uh, it's a place I love to hang out and watch bands and be a part of and grab coffee in the morning. I mean, you guys are checking off all the boxes of like something I want in a venue or a place to hang out. It's really cool. So, thanks for coming to yeah, to talk with us, man. Now, there is one thing I do that I'm going to steal one thing from here. And okay. If, you, if at the end you can guess what it is. I'll give it back to you in a week. Well, all right. Look. Oh, he's done it already. Oh, I know this. Oh, no, no, no. Well. It's yeah. It's going down. Oh, I know. He's okay. already taken. All right. It. It's going down. So that's fair. Well, I would be honored. I mean, if you hang it up in Saturn and people are like, "Hey, where'd you get that Chipper Jones statue?" Oh, I got it from the Heavy Ultra podcast. Well, that was my grandfather's oh. Chipper Jones. That was my yeah. Uh, that that, would be, that, that would has be, a lot of fame family history. The Chipper Jones. That yeah. would be hard. Yeah, so I mean, if you take get that Monster Blood too, I read that in fifth grade. No, take that fucking Sasquatch. Thing. Get that out of here. Can you even see <laughs> that on the that. camera? Oh. I think, you know, have you guys thought about just doing a podcast where you read Goosebumps? Oh, um, I mean, there's probably, you know, there's probably we're, some we're open to issues. Ideas. Can you do that? You can't do that. I, I think you can do it. I think Did you most get, people like, can. copyright? Yeah, you can't just like read. Yeah, you can. Think, no, you, yeah, you can. Do it. Can. Do it. Try it. Don't listen to him. He's going <laughs> to shut us you down. You can't read a book on YouTube without getting shut Goosebumps. down. Goosebumps. I don't think Goosebumps. you can do that. Is Goosebumps really like that a full book? It. It's it's multiple I mean, books. I think you can do it until you get a, until like somebody catches okay. on. As with I don't anything. think R.L. Stein would care. I, I don't think. Do we want to go for it? Yeah, let's we want to like extend this an hour. And All right, so uh, <laughs> go ahead and grab that book. We'll uh, we're going to read it on camera. No, um, Brian, thank you for yeah, coming absolutely. Out, man. Thank this you. This was really fun. Yeah, no, I'm glad I finally got to meet up with you guys. Yeah, dude, I'm glad I got to meet you thanks too. Thanks for doing um, what you guys. I heard your name floating around, but I was like, I, I could 
literally walk by you at Saturn and I wouldn't know you. Most people do. Yeah. I, I do so. that myself. I walk by me all the time. I walk by you all the time. Well, it's very nice to meet you, man. Likewise. Thank you guys so much. Awesome.